Welcome to Blood Taps, your ultimate True Blood Rewatch podcast, where we sink our teeth into an all-new episode every Thursday. We're your hosts, Ashley and Fawn, so grab your favorite AB positive, and we'll meet you at Merlot's. All right, baby, season two. We're doing it. True blood time. Oh my gosh, I have missed you. I've missed recording this. Even though Twilight was like a fever dream. The amount of Twilight TikToks I'm getting on my For You page now are insane. Oh, I meant to pull up the girl who is watching Twilight with her dad um, because I want him to come on our show. Oh, yeah, you sent it to me. He has the best commentary. I want him to, like, narrate my entire life. Absolutely. His takes on just everything about Twilight are hysterical. He he says everything I'm thinking. I haven't even watched all of them, but I can't wait to now, literally just because of him. And we'll put it on our Instagram. Absolutely. People can understand what we're talking about. Um, her TikTok name is Takeout Princess, which I also relate to. I mean, yeah. <laughs> That's me. Epic. Um, But that is her TikTok. And please go watch her dad comment on Twilight. You, It's worth watching. It's yeah. just worth it. I can't explain it. It's if perfect. you liked our episode, you right. will love <laughs> That's those. even better. <laughs> so we are into season two of True Blood. <sighs> It's, I don't remember anything from this show. This is like watching it with fresh eyes. I know. Yeah, I can't remember. Like you said before we started recording, everything I remember was all in season one. Right. So past this, we're, we're just kind of going in blind. So mm-hmm. if you've never watched True Blood before, or you did, and you were like us, and you've just apparently forgotten six seasons of television, you know, you'll hopefully enjoy this. Mm-hmm. We're going to remind you. It's like I'm amnesia. Yeah. It's amazing. I really have enjoyed watching it. Well, let's get into it. Let's jump into it. So it ended on a very great cliffhanger where they found a body in Andy's car at Merlot's Mm because he was drunk and they were trying to get him the fuck out. (laughs) So they find a body. And so we'll just go ahead and get into that. It's Miss Jeanette. Uh, Which is crazy. She had her heart ripped out. Yeah. That's crazy. I don't know if they actually use like a doll, but that facial expression Uh, is nightmare fuel that's on her face. It's really haunting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but so they open the door and Tara's like, please tell me it's not Lafayette, which I think at the end of last season we were like, oh my god, is it Lafayette? Yeah, because he gets kidnapped. Right. And, yeah, that's another problem oh, that we'll, we'll talk about yeah, in a we'll second, because that one's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's Miss Jeanette, and Kenya comes, because she's apparently the police officer who's on everything, mm-hmm. and she just feels like Tara's lying to her. Sookie's in shock and is reading everyone's thoughts after Sam comes and, I don't know, is the only normal adult on well, that he, scene. He, he hears <laughs> screaming, because he was taking a trash out. Right. And then he throws it in his car when he hears the screaming. It was full of money. You come to- it's crazy. It, it's just one of those things that it happened, and I was like, wait, why is Jeanette dead? Most people don't know who she is except for Tara. Right. And Tara has to be convinced to tell the police the truth. Yes. Which I understand. You don't want to look like the first victim, which Andy's drunken self has been right. like, you're the only one to know, sir. You must be the one that did it. Which. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, Thanks, awful. Andy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they didn't like make him go home sooner, but he had to go get picked up by his sister, and he was—he just made himself look like a freaking idiot. He was so drunk. So they arrive on the scene, and Bud is like, "You need to go home. You're drunk." After yeah. Andy's standing there being belligerent, they take after Tara is like, "Okay, I have to tell the truth. Hold up, I have something to say," and they take her in for questioning. Andy's there questioning her, and is like, 
very loud and in her face and bud has to kick him out of the investigation room why is he there if he's already drunk yeah, I thought his sister came and picked him up. And right. how did he get back? <laughs> he just, like, walked into the station and everybody's like, nah, we're just gonna let him in. But it's he just, fine. like, screams in her face and then, like, don't go anywhere. Right. Like, you can't hold her. You have no like, evidence. Yeah, like, she's not arrested. She's right. here to help you out. Ugh, and then Tara's mom comes in because oh, they call her. She's the worst. She is the worst. She comes in and doesn't believe Tara at first. Tara's mom comes and, of course, she has to make it all about her. Yes. Like, she does. And first, Tara's like, my favorite line, I know we have a stop saying our favorite lines, (laughs) but my favorite line out of this was like, I don't care what you've done to me. There's some sick part of me that can't make you suffer. She was not real. She was a fraud. Right. First off, stop giving her that. Just let her, just let her think it. You could have just kept it in. Take it to the grave, Tara. Right. That, I mean, she didn't believe you anyway, because she goes, well... At least we can see that one of us stayed faithful. I can't say the same for you. So she turned it into after everything Tara's done and just wants her mom's right. approval. And literally was this so scared to tell her because the last thing she wants to see is her mom relapse. Yeah. That like you could tell it's the last resort. She just like was like, I'm sorry, I didn't tell you, but she's a fraud and works at Walgreens <laughs> or whatever drugstore that I, was. I wrote down the name of it. It's DeSoto. Not I wrote it's DeSoto, not Walgreens. <laughs> kind uh, of like it's not delivery, it's, it's DeSoto's. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I I don't know. Would you tell your mom, or would you keep that a secret? I feel like Tara has so much pent up like anger towards her mom that I can see why. But like she did it in such an, a nice, loving way at first. She was like, "I'm so sorry to tell you this," blah blah blah. But then her mom just being rude to her, I'd probably be like, "You know what? No, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Like I did this for you. You obviously don't give a shit." And is accusing Tara of doing what? Like, how did she not stay faithful? Yeah, she was I, the one who helped her. If I was in the same scenario, just because my relationship with my mom, I probably would do the same thing. Yeah. And then Marianne rides up. I said, rides in on her faithful Corvette. I don't <laughs> even know if it was a Corvette. It feels like a Corvette. It was just a car. Yeah. But she's the only person. She goes after Tara's mom. And I just wish that one day I could go off on somebody like that so eloquently and not stumble over my words instead of it just being like, hey, you meanie. Because literally she was like... I mean, you can't say she was rude. Right. Because she didn't say anything that was wrong. Right. Ugh, I loved it. But she goes, I just wanted to look the person in the face that was void of all compassion Ooh. for your daughter. And I'm like, <gasps> get her. <laughs> put him up, put him up. I know. Yeah, that was such a great scene. And then T- uh, Tara's mom is like, excuse me? Who are you talking to like that? And the Marianne grabs Tara and is like, let's go home. She goes, she's a great girl. <laughs> Which is so... I know Marianne's probably not supposed to be a good character. I honestly don't remember. But in my brain, I'm like, oh, I want a Marianne. Yeah. Like, I want a supportive, rich lawyer who drives a Corvette. I just feel like, I mean, I'm not a psychiatrist or a therapist. But you know how they say, like, you stop maturing after a while due to trauma? I feel like Tara, every time she interacts with her mom, she's just waiting for her to be the person she needs. Yeah. And she is nothing but constantly let down. Yeah. And it's awful. She had to parent her parent. And, like, what a weird power dynamic that makes, especially when now they're demanding respect from you. Mm -hmm. Like, you were the one to help them at their lowest of lows and, like, 
pull them out of that, and now they're demanding that you... It's like she forgot. Right. I mean, she did, Yeah, because it's gone now, quote-unquote. Because she a, had a demon. Yeah, we all have demons. Uh, we all just need a bus lady who works at DeSoto to help us get rid of them. And we still get up in the morning and put our pants on one leg at a time, right. just like you, without <laughs> exorcisms. <laughs> if we're lucky, it's a good bed day, and we can feel like Beyonce when she said, if you don't jump to put jeans on, baby, you don't feel my pain. Yeah. Sometimes when I do jump, I'm like, there it is, our connection. Uh, the only thing I jump to is conclusions. <laughs> I know Marianne is bad, and I think they need to explain. I, I want to get to the pig, because I totally forgot that. Right. But she is the one person that stands up to her mom. Mm-hmm. The I, one. I really respected Marianne for that moment. I feel like she really showed up for Tara. I feel like she really showed up and, like, taught her mom a lesson. was like, everybody else is going to be kind about this because they know what demons you have faced, but I'm going to fucking tell you how it is. Mm-hmm. Oh. Ten claps for Marianne. Try me, bitch. So she said, try me, right. bitch. And then took her daughter away. So I think the next thing... Oh, do we want to keep talking about Marianne? Because we can oh, talk yeah. about how Marianne and Sam know each other. Because we finally yes. discovered that. It was alluded to in the in the last episode of the first season. Where it's like, what are you doing here? Um, when she showed up at Sookie's house to pick up Tara. Right. And... She's um, like, I'll always find you, essentially. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Which is creepy. <laughs> yeah. So she was secretive there. So you find out that when Sam was... He looks 17 or 18 years old. He is 17. Oh, gross. Yeah. Okay, that makes us all worse. Yes. So he is a dog form, and mm-hmm. he goes into this random house through a doggy door, and he phases back into human, which he doesn't even, like, look around. Right. He just does it out in the open. And one thing, Sam, I do not have any survival skills, but, like... Why did he not think a full feast yeah. with candlelight, like, candlelit feast, you didn't look around, you just start eating <laughs> yeah. everything. And I'm, like, throwing stuff in the trash bags, just looting the place. I'm, like, first off, context not, clues. <laughs> not stealth at all. Right. You chose the worst house to go into. I know. But he got fucked, so. I know, but that's weird. Like, uh, I don't know. I felt really weird watching that scene. It's the same thing when you remember that Jessica's 17. Oh, yeah. We totally talked about yeah, that. Yeah, because it's just, like, she has sex with Sam, and after she has sex or she orgasms or something, she, like, does some sort of ritual thing while on top of him, and he, like, pushes her over, and it's like, what are you? Yeah, I put, never have I ever had a bitch glitch during sex. <laughs> that needs to be a t-shirt pronto. <laughs> Someone will buy it. One person in the world will buy it. I'm calling it now. We're going to make that. (laughs) Yeah. It's a very weird scene. And I guess it doesn't really describe, like, why she's still stalking him. Yeah. Well, it has to do with that statue that he keeps, like, looking to. Because he thought she wanted money. So that's what the trash bag was just full of money. Which, you have a bar. Get a duffel bag or something nice. Also... Why? You don't think it's suspicious that she just has, like, stacks of $100 bills just lying in drawers? I don't know. She has a butler, so she must be. I guess, but I don't know. I just couldn't imagine walking into somebody's house, already stealing their stuff, then having, like, maybe not consensual Oh, where he just, like, randomly stole it the first time. That's why he thought. Yeah, he, like, opened up one of her dresser drawers, and the first drawer was just lined with cash, and he wasn't just like, hmm... Maybe this is a setup. I felt very uncomfortable when it was like, you're 17. Like, that's a minor. Yeah. Was that his virginity? Probably. Gross. I would assume so. 
weird power dynamic. Okay, we're going to need to get off of this topic. <laughs> but you know the statue has to come in somewhere. Right. And she's playing weird matchmaker. Like, it's kind of mm-hmm. culty. Between Eggs and Tara? Yeah. Well, she has the... They make a point to show that she has a statue of the god Pan in her house. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's alluding to some sort of, like... I don't know. That's going to come into play somehow later, I'm sure, that she'll mm-hmm. have, like, magical spells or something. Yeah, I know she's a supernatural creature. I just can't remember what. Maybe she is Pan. I don't remember. Maybe she is. But I like when she, like, bitch, spat, bitch <laughs> slaps her butler. It was like, nobody fucking needed towels. Right. After coming out, literally setting, like, a tray of food down, and then 30 seconds later being like, well, okay, I'm going to go inside now. You guys have a great time smoking pot and eating mango. Bye. <laughs> All right, so we're going to get off of that. And yes. we're going to just a palate cleanser before we get into the heavier stuff about Sucky and Bill and Lafayette. I want to talk about Jason the Christian. Oh, oh, man. I have so many feelings about this. Okay, so Jason the Christian, part of this, speaking of cult, <sighs> Fellowship of the Sun. He is definitely in a cult. First, you see this, um, the Reverend Sun, thinking, like, the white man confidence. Right. He walked off from having a discussion with the lead vampire lady, Nancy Flanagan? Yeah. Flanagan? Sure. <laughs> okay, that lady, off the news, and he walks off, he goes, I did so great, and she's, like, sitting there, like, good job. Right. You ha- she almost had her fangs out. He goes, oh, that would be good for TV. I'm just like, I hate hey, you. I hate you. And then he walks immediately into like a banquet of people just waiting for him to sign books. People who have super, like, I guess, outdated views mm-hmm. and not very liberal views. Um, they're all just waiting for him to be done with his uh, interview with this woman. And they're all congratulating him. And that's when Jason gets to meet him for the first time. Because he was brought up to the convention by the guy who saved him in the jail. Or told him he was saved in the jail. And they want him to pay, what was it, $1,200 yeah. to go to a man, uh, a camp. Like a oh, like, light of leaders where he'd mm-hmm. be in a leadership role for the church. And they're just like, it's $1,200 for fees and room and board and all of this. He's just like, well, I don't have that. And then she goes, well, just pray on it. Yeah. If God wants you to go, then he'll he'll give it to you. Which I do believe in prayer, and I, I don't know if that's how it works. I mean, it's manifesting. Yeah, that's true. You're putting it out there in the universe, so... But I, I love he couldn't think of the word think. <laughs> what did he say instead? I don't remember, but like it took him so long to think of the word think when he was talking to them. Everybody just kind of has dead eyes, and yeah. it's like, great, yeah. <laughs> you'll fit in perfectly. Jason is studying the Bible at home and has a flash about Amy. And during this time, we have found out that Uncle Bartlett has passed away. Which, to me, felt like a really long time. Compared, yeah, because three months had passed already. Yeah, but it turns out he was, he threw him, he disposed of him in the river, and it took a long time to find the body. So, but I was like, wow, that was a long fucking time right. ago. That was like episode four yeah. or five <laughs> or whatever it was in the previous season. I'm like... That's old news. Right. We know Uncle Bartlett's dead. But the lawyer shows up and gives Sookie a check for... Uh, 11 grand. Yeah. And she doesn't want it. She gives it to Jason. And Jason sees this as his sign. Like, oh, I can go to the convention now. But the only thing was, his first thing he said to Sookie was, he didn't leave me. <laughs> I, I mowed his lawn every Sunday. <laughs> well, you weren't the favorite. Sorry, Jason. He, he didn't scar you. Yeah, he didn't scar you emotionally, mentally. So... <laughs> 
but he gets to go. And he's so happy about it. He keeps t- talking to Suki about it. He is over the moon. Why does he just act like, one of my notes says, why does he act like he just found Jesus? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he didn't know Jesus existed until now. I mean, I guess he feels like after doing the V and having those experiences on V and then loving Amy and they were the only ones who, well, I guess they weren't the only ones who came to see him, but the only other people who came to see him in jail were a serial killer and his sister. Yeah, my only thing was, I guess he just needed to throw himself into something to not think about Amy. Yeah. He just trying to, like, distract or feel... He could have taken up gardening or painting. Well, he already works construction. (laughs) Exactly. He needs to do something relaxing. Do you think that man paints? I would like to believe that Jason has a nice, calming afternoon. Sitting around. He drinks the tea. Doing the crossword puzzles. <laughs> yeah, he just, you know, puts on some old man slippers. Yep. I know that doesn't happen, but... You're like, that's my Jason. That's my Jason in my head. Okay, I think, do we want to talk about Suki meets Jessica, or that Lafayette is finally found? Uh, let's talk about Lafayette first. Okay. Because I feel like Suki and Jessica <laughs> are in a different league. Yeah. He looks like he's in the fourth pit of hell when you find him. He... It's like chained to this. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a gear. It's a huge gear that's hanging from the ceiling with poles extended. And everybody's chained. It's like him and five people are chained to poles. And they have to all get up and crank it if somebody wants to go to the bathroom. Which is just... That's torture. That's horrible. Which I have, like, poop fright. So, like, I wouldn't be right, able would to die. go. I wouldn't be able to go. I'm just like, oh, I'm dying because this yeah. is coming out. My bowels are going to literally explode inside me. Thank you, though. I'd rather that, though. Yeah, I would rather that. Like, I don't even want to pee in front of people. I couldn't imagine. Oh, not, not in a bucket. Yeah. Not in a cellar. If any vampires are listening to this, please don't make me do that. Please don't. I'm not built out for that kind of life. But the only thing is, like, he doesn't know how long he's been there. Right. And no one seems to be looking for him. Mm-mm. But I guess they're used to him disappearing for a few days at a time. Yeah, they don't do a really big search, do they? <laughs> no. Tara's literally like, is it Lafayette in the back of Andy's car? And it's not Lafayette. And she's like, okay. All right. Well, that's Great. good. Sorry. Sorry about you. Mm-hmm. But he is chained there. They have to move. And... One of them, you later learn as a vampire, comes down and grabs somebody from the circle and replaces them with one of the rednecks who was at the bar that Lafayette punched in the face. Which I hate people. Like, he thinks they're friends now just because they're trauma bonding. Right. He's like, well, if we talk about all the bad things we did, maybe we'll be okay. And Lafayette's Lafayette's like, knock yourself out. Like, that's fine. (laughs) This is not a fucking confessional. Right. (laughs) And he's talking about how he cheated, uh, like, he slept with one of his cousins girls the, yeah. the lady who could like smush boot like beer cans with her boobs yeah i wrote down that quote i think uh the racist i put the racist tells a story about a cousin's friend smashing beer cans and then his head with her tits yeah and then he had a hip replacement and he said my ass is magnetic now and then he talks about how he doesn't hate lafayette for being gay because one time at camp he had his bunkmate blow him Oh, that's what I'd like. I was like, oh, God. Yeah, you're like, turn it off. It's like, I'm not racist because I have a black friend. Yeah. Or I'm not homophobic because I... Because I got a blowjob. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And Lafayette is just like, um, okay, I don't care. Yeah, he could (laughs) care. He couldn't care less, I think. And then the guy tries to escape. He hears the door open, and he's like, we have to get out right now. And 
Eric walks down those stairs with some tinfoil in his hair. I know. Doing some highlights. How? <laughs> I think he's doing his roots. Well, I guess we'll find out in the next episode. I just don't know. How, how does it stick? How does it stick to his dead hair? Anyway. But he went. He looks scary, which he He went off. Well, the guy slapped him. Yeah, with a cross. Yeah, and he, like, got her from the silver, and then he just desecrated this dude. Like, mm-hmm. literally tore him from limb to limb. Yeah, but first he, like, picks him up in a weird way, like, <laughs> rips the side of his stomach open, like, with his teeth. It was very animalistic. Mm-hmm. I just wonder, like, if you know that was your defense, hold on to the cross. Yeah. Just, like, <laughs> No, wave yeah. it around, like a yeah. nunchuck or something. Yeah. I don't know, but he he died really fast, and all of the people. Could you imagine you've been kidnapped and you don't know what day it is, and then all of a sudden some smart ass person comes in and you're like, hey, don't do anything to piss these people off, and then they piss those people off and you watch them destroy them like that. I would be like, okay, well, I guess I'll just live here quietly for the rest of my life and never cause any issues and hope they never choose me. All right, so not to rewind a little bit, we also didn't talk about that Eric. You learn that it's about the fire, that it's about oh, yeah. the uh, mocktail fire right. that that killed the three people from. So this whole thing was just an investigation on whoever killed that pack of vampires, which honestly they weren't the greatest. Right? Like, are you really missing them? But honestly, why is, yeah. Why is Eric doing this in? Um, investigation should it be like the director or whatever? I guess because he's the sheriff. Oh, that could be. <laughs> That's just what I thought, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I feel like it's something for a lower level, but I guess if three of them are murdered, maybe the council's like, why three? And Longshadow's dead, so I guess it's technically four vampires in his care in, like, a week, maybe? Mm. I don't know. This show does a horrible time a job of telling what time it is and how long things have taken to pass. But that was also something so far in, right. the, like, season one a lot earlier that he's just now kind of doing this oh and i guess he said something about eddie too i don't remember if he said something did i make that up (laughs) in my brain i'm like justice for eddie oh that's yes r.i.p maybe maybe lafayette snitches i don't remember we'll have to find out in episode two (laughs) yeah because all i remember is um near the end you just see Lafayette watched this guy get murdered and it looks like the worst thing he's ever seen in his life. Yeah, I can't imagine much would be more horrible than that. Like, yeah. watching somebody literally get torn apart by a vampire. I would just shut down. I would just shut down. Yeah. Well, especially not knowing when, if you're going to be next. Oh, yeah. that's scary. But what does he know about it? Like, what does Lafayette have to do about it? He probably doesn't know anything about the house fire besides that racist, but he knows that Eddie's gone missing and he has a suspicion it was Jason. Or do they know he sells vampire blood? Oh, they might. Oh, no. I, I don't remember. Because <laughs> in my head, I feel like Lafayette is a character that stays forever. Well, as far as we know. Right, We right. haven't seen everything. <laughs> but, yeah, I thought he was one of the core ones. But maybe they're there for different vampire crimes. Maybe. I guess. Because Eric said that he could smell it on them. Oh, yeah. They know when you've wronged right. us. So Amy's dead. So... He can't smell it on her anymore because she's gone. Mm-hmm. But Jason, I guess, would be fair game to investigate as well. And he hasn't he kidnapped Jason. He didn't technically kill Eddie. It was Amy. 
I they guess. did torture him. They did torture him. So I guess all those people are down there for vampire-related crimes. We'll find out. That's our guess. <laughs> we don't know yet. We're going to watch season, our episode three and be like, oh, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And all of these are going to be wrong. <laughs> all right. So now I think we should finally talk about Sookie. Yes. Meeting Jessica. OMG. What a turning point in this episode. What a crazy plot line. I know that this has become a major theme, and I was just wowed by it again. First off, she should have just let him talk while they were kissing. He was going to tell her. He, he was going to tell her. He was going to be honest, and Suki was like, <gasps> be like, just shut up. <laughs> She's like, just kiss me. And then Jessica looks over the banister, just in a towel, and is like, oh, hey, what's up, Suki? I'm Jessica. And she goes, Bill, your shower's great. Bop, bop, bop. <laughs> I'm not sticking around to hear anything after that, but... To be fair, I wouldn't make somebody kiss me if they had something to tell me. I'd be like, tell tell me what it is. She's like, I've been hearing people all night. Like, it's just too much. Yeah, it's good to not hear someone's thoughts. I mean, but wouldn't she have been able to... No? With Jessica. They're both dead. That's a good point. Well, Sookie does not handle it very well, which, can't lie, and can't say that I would either. She gets upset because she has it in her head that they slept together. Right. And, and she keeps bringing it up. And Jessica makes a comment of, oh, so you're the reason I got turned. Because he starts talking about why he had to go to vampire trial for killing Longshadow and uh, about how he murdered him, so blah, 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 and that was his punishment was to turn. Oh, she goes, so it's your fault. Yeah. And so he's like, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that question. Please see my lawyer. I just tried to hi- I just tried to help. That's right. all I've tried to do. Before we meet him, I just love that, um, recycle in the house the three rules yeah i wrote them down uh one that she is not allowed to hunt Mm -hmm. she has to go to bed by 4 a.m and that they recycle Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it was so cute him being like the cans go in the blue bin and the trash goes in the white bin it's like you're trying so hard to be relatable (laughs) so we love an eco vampire (laughs) so you come to find out, yeah, we already said that where Suki finds out that Jessica is pretty much her fault. Right. And that she feels betrayed by Bill the, again because he didn't say anything. He tries so much harder than anyone gives him credit for. He truly, I feel like, is just, like, he's, what, 400 years old or something crazy mm-hmm. like that or 100 years old? And he hasn't been around somebody in a romantic way in 140 years. And he's, like, the things he was saying, you know how you were saying on one episode, it was like, it would work on you. That would have worked on me. Mm-hmm. Him being like, I've ne- I haven't felt this way about anyone in 140 years and blah, 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 blah. And like, I was like, Bill, you're yeah, so sweet. Is that what she was going to leave him? Yes. Yeah. When she went to break up with him. Because of Uncle Bartlett. Yeah. Because she finds out that Bill, they're in the river. But you also have to understand, he's like, bitch, I was like six months. I know, he's like, I haven't thought about that in so long. Yeah, but his thing was, he hurt you. Yeah. Like, that's all he needed to know. Right. See, I don't know. I don't have a problem with that. Especially since Uncle Bartley wasn't contributing anything. But what he should have said is, so you can have a peace of mind. Oh. So you never have to worry. Right. About him out in the world. I mean, I guess that now she has the knowledge of him being dead because of her, and Bill is the one who killed him. What is that skin on your nose? Like, I honestly, don't know. <laughs> I'm not saying I, I like, would do the same thing, but I guess I see. It's kind of like, okay, I, I took off a pedophile off the planet. Right. <laughs> Even if welcome. not for you, then for other people. Mm-hmm. Like, you're welcome. Yeah, but she is pissed. She does not like that. But I love, I had to, I had to recall back to our last episode when she says 17. I'm like, how long have you been? <laughs> yeah. I know, everybody is 17 and turning into a vampire at 17, and it's very Twilight. 
Yeah, I didn't realize how very similar that was. <laughs> and sh- how young she really looked after the shower when she was in, like, those sweats. I'm oh, like, yeah. wow, okay. She looks 17, and then in future episodes, Jessica's, like... 27. Yeah, <laughs> she's she's feeling herself. Mm-hmm. But Bill and Suki do make up. And they, Fuck. yeah, they do. And Bill bites her in bed. Um, they're just having a grand old time. They're so in love. They say that they love each other, which is really cute. I don't know. I root yeah. for them. I really like Bill and Suki. But a harsh no, a harsh, a harsh no for me is when he bit her and then kissed her on the mouth. Oh, see, I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of hot. <laughs> I was just like, Bleh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's gross. It's gross. That's the end. Uh, Yeah, but if it's consensual, she didn't seem to mind, so. I know, she pretty much almost broke her neck sticking (laughs) it out there. She's just like, "Mm." I guess I really love their relationship because I know they're married in real life. Yeah, I think that does make it better. It makes it so much better because I feel sometimes uncomfortable when I watch sex scenes because I'm like, oh, these people aren't together. Or like, like, oh, they do it on a Thursday. Right, they're just hanging out, fucking each other on set, and like... I don't know, but I think, I think it's cool that they have a relationship that they can look back on and be like, look, we were hot together and played a vampire and Until Suki. she fucks other people. <laughs> well, we're not there yet. In my in my brain, they're still, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful and peaceful in here for Bill and Suki. Do you think it's real sex for them? Do they think they actually have sex on set? I think they did. I also think they role play. Oh, yeah. Like, how course. could you not? And she's from somewhere else. I think she said she's New Zealanders. And he's British, right? Yeah. I wonder if she just breaks out that sucky voice in the middle. Do you think that's how they seduce each other at dinner time? She's like, Bill. Bill, got you a warm. Um, Oh, negative. (laughs) Well, I think. Honestly, the... I think we've covered everything. Yeah. The, the last thing we see is Eric tearing that guy apart, and it leaves us going into episode two. Did we introduce what this episode was called? No, we did read the synopsis. <laughs> oh, Perfect. We, we forgot that. The guys were off for two weeks. <laughs> we ruined the entire flow. I know. We didn't... We, we totally forgot our emoji, but it's season two. It's and season two. And we got two. so excited to talk about it. So, the second episode is called Nothing But Blood, and the synopsis is, A murder outside Merlot's leaves everyone reeling. Which is literally just the first two seconds, yeah, (laughs) minute of the show. But that's the synopsis. So we hope that you were terrified. We hope that you thought there was a murder outside Merlots, and you were like, "Whoa, what's happening?" We hope that you were scared in the basement with us, excited that Suki and Bill are reigniting their love and passion, excited to meet Jessica, and I hope you're just as fucking confused as we are, especially if you've watched it before and have no idea what's going on because we don't know what's happening. Yeah, we just have random amnesia. It's selective comprehension, I yeah, guess. We just decided, like, we're going to do a rewatch, and we're just going to clear that yeah, memory. Just, I can't guarantee that I would have remembered it even before this, but I'm glad to rewatch it again. Me too. And it's nice to see it more consecutively. Right. I mean, I guess we're not, because we're, I mean, we're watching it immediately. We don't have to wait, like, months for right. the next season to come out. But we are, we still get to do True Blood Nights once a week. It's exciting. But hopefully you guys enjoyed this, and we will see you to continue season two.